Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Church Talk TV. Chris and Bill Tenney Britton here to talk about, well, it's 2024, and I hope that you have made church plans, you know, things you want to do to get accomplished for your mission and all the rest, and... Here's the problem, is that there's a lot of good intention in planning, but plans go out the window when life happens. You know, it's not enough to plan. You, it, it's not even enough to have self-discipline. You have to have a plan to implement your plan. And so this episode, <laughs> we're calling it Get Unbusy So You Can Get Busy Right, or Get Right Busy. So Get Right Busy, I like that. Kind of Get Right Busy as opposed to Get Busy Right? No, I don't know. As opposed to wrong busy? Yes, well, that's, that's the problem. That's what we're that's talking wrong about, busy. right? That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, so we want to get you on the track for right busy. So the question because, to you know, us... Well, because the real, ahead, the real issue ahead. is, you know, when we talk to anyone, especially pastors, though, we say, how's it going? First words out of the mouth is, I'm busy. And, and I want to say, I get so tired of that excuse yeah, because, you know, yeah. they say, well, you know, I can't do the things to grow the church because I'm so busy. The question is, busy doing what? What are you so busy doing that you can't reach people for Jesus Christ? Well, I love this. When we ask this question, too busy doing what? Well. Yeah, that's, that's right? always. Isn't first that word out of mouth. Well. <laughs> and, and it is like, okay, what am I going to say? What are my reasons? What are my excuses? So we want to help you move past excuses right. so that you don't even have a reason to be too too busy doing the wrong That's right. stuff. We want you to be right busy. Right, right. Right busy. Right so, busy, right, right. right. Here we go. So, so, so go, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go. No, I say, let me share. There's, there's four issues we've identified over the years that most pastors fall into. Wait, wait, wait. Let's start with the first of the issue. We always run out of time. Talk about being too busy. All right. The first issue is that it is just too easy to maintain the status quo. You're doing what you've been doing and doing and doing. Now, we're here we are in 2024. You know that. We're hearing it everywhere. And come on, let's be real. We talk about this every year. But obviously, we have to keep repeating it. This is our status quo, I suppose. Because <laughs> exactly. it's so easy to maintain. Right. Well, you know, I mean, and, and there is some status quo. You're probably going to have worship every weekend. Probably. Probably, you know, unless snow or, you know, hurricanes or whatever cancels. Yeah. You, you, you plan for that. And we get it. You plan for that. And you have your liturgy that you generally follow. You know, you plan for that. You know, you got to get three hymns or whatever it is you're doing. But but here's the deal. is you look over your calendar yeah. as, and you look at the events, you know, well, we always have a spaghetti feed in May. How's that working for you? Is, is, is it bringing in new visitors? Is it filling your coffers full? Or is it just is it just spinning wheels because we've always done it that way or always done that event? Well, quite honestly, I hope that you've not, if you're doing that spaghetti dinner or whatever the heck it is, that 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 is part of you, the plan that you put together at the end of last year. And if you haven't put that plan together, please go back and watch our December uh, church talks because we're going to talk more about that or you can do some kind of a search and it, it will get there. If it's on your calendar, though, be making those plans, be doing it, be thinking, how can we do this a little bit more tweaked if we need to, um, and some probably way to, you some do. Way, some right. way to reach, reach your neighbors. 
Right, exactly. And be thinking about who's going to be doing this. This is really about planning into our plans so that if we need to do them differently, and if you're not growing, you likely need to do them likely? differently. You I don't mean, have a really, choice. Yeah. You have to do if things differently. If you're not because it's not working otherwise. Right. And then why are we talking and why are you here if it isn't that you want to Grow your congregation. Grow you. Grow the people in your congregation. Increase your baptisms. Right? Increase your visitor count and all the rest. And returnings and, and whatnot. And so and get out of the status quo. And if you, cause you've been doing whatever you've been doing, if it's not working, stop doing it. Exactly. You know, I, I, my, one of my favorite uh, metaphors is John Maxwell says, if you're riding a dead horse, dismount. <laughs> you know, get off the darn thing. Sure. Do something different. So look at what you've been doing. And then say, yeah, because it's really easy to maintain status quo. That's the number one issue. Okay, number number two, two is the whole the pastoral fire department. You know what that is? The pastor's putting out fires. Everywhere. Someone comes in, ah, meh, 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 and it's you know it's now your responsibility to put out the fire. Well, there's a leak, pastor. You know, and it came to you instead of saying, hey, you know, maybe I need to go to the property chair or the trustee or whoever's in charge of this, or maybe I should call a plumber. But it's, you know, we come to the pastor, come to the pastor, you got all these fires to put out. Pastor, you got to stop putting out fires because when, you, when you're in a small congregation, or a big congregation, that matter, one, yeah. but normally, normally big congregations have they learned to do that delegate. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's right. But the small exactly. congregation, you know, everything's the pastor's responsibility. Well, there's some truth to that. Yeah. But it's your responsibility to make sure it gets done, and that means it's your responsibility for delegating and getting people in charge of various things that it can be handed off to. And then when someone says, hey, we got XYZ problem, and you can say, hey, you need to call so-and-so and get them used to calling so-and-so, whoever that so-and-so is. So I, I, I want to jump in there, whoever is so-and-so and such-and-such. And such. No, okay, uh, but you just mentioned small and large. So yep. let's talk about medium. If you're a medium congregation, you may not have figured out that delegation yep. yet, and this is a key for you, a, a, a part to, to move over. Some of that uh, is why you're not able to break a 200 or a 250 mark. And I'll put the plug in, call us, right, email us, uh, so that we can get that appointment. We can talk about that specifically. Well, let's go to number three, which is one of my favorites, Chasing Shiny Squirrels. And it's, and it's, it's not, her, not only her favorite, it's probably my number one issue here. Right. Chasing the shiny squirrels. You know, squirrels, something that just right, comes in. exactly. And the shiny, the new and shiny, you know, the, the newest technology. You got to have the newest this, the newest that, you know, et cetera. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> here's this other part is uh, our friend Joanna bought me a Christmas ornament. Uh, shout out to Joanna, by the way. Uh, this Christmas ornament with a squirrel on it. She calls me uh, Mama Squirrel Shooter because this last summer, I took up nerf shooting of squirrels because they get into my plants, they root them out, they bury things in them, and it just gets, they've killed so many plants. Now, I'm not out to kill them, but I am out to discourage, discourage them. them. <laughs> yeah, but what happens? I'm outside because I love to be outside during the summer to work, but I'm not getting a lot of work yep. done. Because yep. uh, so, you're watching for squirrels. Because I'm watching for those dead yep. blasted squirrels, and now the squirrels get closer to me. I think they just want to get nerfed or something. But <laughs> anyways, see how I am chasing a shiny squirrel right now. So you've got to stay on board. And when you're working with the coach, that's one of the greatest gifts your coach can give to you is don't change anything or do anything without talking to your coach first because your coach can keep you on direction and help you to uh, from going uh, this way or that way. I spent way. a lot of time on our coaching appointments saying, Pastor, come on back. 
This is where we need to be. Yeah, but no, yeah. come on back. Right. That won't grow your church or that, 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 that takes the energy away from the momentum you have. Right. Folks, when you get momentum for church, for a growing church or for growing your church, you got to maintain that. Right. So you can build it and build it and it becomes exponential growth. So right. Okay. You and, do that by and, staying focused. And, and some of this can be very incremental, slow incremental, oh, yeah. I would say. Right? Nothing I happens mean, overnight. It's like this and like this. And like that, oh, and so vision you, drift, emission drift. Right, yep. exactly. So, so off it goes. I've watched more congregations self sabotage and church plants uh, fail, die yeah. uh, because of this squirreling. Well, and, and, and you know, you, you talk about incremental and just moving. You know, a yeah. one degree um, course uh, problem, whatever, right. coming one degree off course. course correction. Well, not without correcting. Right, oh, incorrect. Okay. How about that? One percent. If you leave from New York, it'll put you, and you're heading for Paris, it'll put you somewhere in the Middle East, um, which is probably not where you want to be right now, anyway. Oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Earlier today, I, was, I, I had to take our youngest grandson to, uh, to an allergy appointment, and I have a new phone, and she is, keeps reverting back to Apple Maps rather than Waze, which is my preferred. But, you know, she should know where we live. And so I said, you know, take me home. But somehow she thinks our home is over on Parkade. And so we kept trying to take me over there. And it was like, I know where I'm going, but why are you trying to get me over here? Okay, anyways. Shiny. All right. The fourth is playing pastor fetch. I hate this, but I love it because I love to talk about pastor fetch is when you chase after all those bones that people are throwing at you. Hey, pastor, you need to be going and visiting someone. P fetch. Oh, you need to be doing that. Fetch. And there it goes. And you are like a little puppy. Look at me. Here's the bone. Here's the bone. And you get good pets. Oh, my gosh. That You spend so much time doing what other people want you to do and forget. That are not your, that things that are not actually your job. Right, exactly. And I was going to say, even if you don't do have a mission and vision, a lot of times you don't have one because you're so busy playing fetch, trying to make people happy, trying to spread yourself all over the place. And a lot of reasons uh, that's because you're insecure. Uh, because your self-esteem is is a bit low because you are trying to please everybody and meanwhile you're not pleasing really anybody. Well, and, the, and I want to go a couple add no, a couple of that list. Yeah, a couple of that list is the whole self-esteem and uh, the need to be a pleaser is there, but also is a misunderstanding of what the role of lead pastor yeah, there is. There it is. There's a traditional role and there's a biblical role, and a biblical role of, of a of a. Um, of a pastor is not what you're probably doing. Uh, you know, if you're doing hospital visits, not one of the biblical roles of a pastor. If you're doing visitor or um, um, member visitation, not one of the roles. If you're going to meeting after meeting after meeting, not one of the roles. You want to know what the role, the, the biblical role of the lead pastor is? Go to Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, and the bottom line is your job is to equip everyone else to do the ministry. That's your job, is equipping them to do the ministry. And there's a great example of it in Acts chapter 6, the first three verses, when the, the uh, congregation comes and says, hey, the food pantry's out of control, pastor. You need to fix it. And the, and the pastoral team steps up and goes, yeah, no. Here's how you can fix it. Raise up some folks 
who are wise, who are spiritually grounded, who, uh, who you all know have a great reputation, put them in charge, and let us get back to the work we have to do. Well, okay, so I have to jump on that because lately I've been hearing so many pastors talk about how the food, they have to go open the food oh, pantry, yeah. right? <laughs> or, oh my gosh, if I don't do that, nobody will be there to open the doors and there will be all these people. Guess what? You don't have people to, to take care of that or you only have one other person. You don't have a ministry. What you have is, is somebody's project. No, you have somebody's project and maybe right. it's your project and yeah, you're doing it because you want to help people. But if you don't, it, you won't be able to help anybody else if that's where you're taking and spending all your time. So those four issues, too easy to maintain the status quo, pastoral fire departmenting, uh, putting out all the fires, chasing those shiny furry squirrels, and playing pastor fetch. You know, I see those squirrels in my head, and I thought they're, they're, like, they're Christmas squirrels. They've got uh, tinsel wrapped around oh, them or something. It? Yeah, 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 there you are. All right, so those are the issues that are keeping you from being busy or from being right, right busy. busy. Those are wrong busy things. Those are things that will kill your church in the end. The whole, all of those come into the, the essentially you come to what well, the status quo is ongoing, but the rest of them are the urgent. Things that are urgent, but not important. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you said it will kill your church. It'll kill you too. That's right. It'll kill your family. It'll kill relationships and it will kill you ultimately. So go ahead. All I, right. I so, all right. So those are the issues. Let's talk about some solutions. Yes. All right. And here's the number one solution, folks, is you got to make time to prioritize time. It's great to have plans, but like we said at the top of the show, is that that if you, you have plans, they go out the window when life happens or when church happens. And so there is a need to plan to achieve your plans or to implement your plans. And you do that in a number of ways, but we're going to start off by talking about the Get More Time Planner, which yes. I hope you have. If not, it's in the, in the description. You go grab it. Um, and I hope you've opened it. You know, it, it turns out that only 17% of pastors who um, say they want this planner, only 17% actually download it and open it. Folks, a tool in a toolbox that never comes out of the toolbox isn't a tool. It's just more clutter. Open the darn thing, and it will walk you through a process of how to make time so you can prioritize time. And so we're gonna, I'm going to give you a, just a 30,000-foot uh, uh, overview of what goes on. Go ahead. Well, no, if I'm thinking about, well, I don't, I don't I have, time. have time Yeah, to open it. And it's, well, okay, then you don't have time to do anything else that we're talking about, right. quite That's honestly. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, uh, Just so you click got, off now. All right. <laughs> uh, so here's how you're uh, to make more time, to prioritize your time. First thing, list your uh you're going to list your tasks. Actually, that's what you're going to do is list your tasks. I can talk. List your tasks. The, the things you do for the church. That's right. Everything. So, everything. everything. Just If you have to sit there and brainstorm it, um, I've got a, a resource that lists out of what ministers often get charged right. with, right? And one of, the, one of the easy ways to do it is to get out a yellow pad of paper, and for two weeks, every time you do a task, you write it down. And right. even 
write down, I think it's important to write down, like make a, a mark by it, uh, a scratch mark, how many times you're doing that would be helpful. So you know how much time you're or put beside it, how much time you're doing. Well, I, I was trying to do it chronological, but okay, you're doing it by Yeah, tasks. but I'm asking, well, no, no, I would do it chronologically, right. but I would come back to oh, it. Oh, yeah, at the end. To the ones that you're doing and start putting that time together, right? right? When you get, get, when you get about done, that. yeah, when you get yeah. done, then compile that list, okay? Yeah. So, so you know exactly all the things you're doing from unlocking doors to um, to making coffee, to cleaning up the coffee, to emptying the trash, to making the bulletin, proofing the bulletin, Opening folding the, the bulletin, open the food pantry, whatever right. it is, every single task that you do, get it listed down. Then once you have that list, and as, as you said, compile that, how much time are you spending on this right. and this and this? That's, that's just helpful information okay. to know. Okay. But then, go ahead. You've got to ask which ones belong to you. And probably not many of them do. Which ones should belong to you? No, hang on. I want to go okay, beyond it. Go, it it's not go. just should belong to you because there's a lot of passages. Well, I should visit the people. Yeah, that's true. Okay. What? Yeah. You, what? Again, the, the first, and, and that's important. You should know what what it is that you think is should shoulds. We'll talk about that later. But uh, and we talk about it in the in the, um, the get more time, get more planner. time planner. But the, what what I'm what we're when you're looking at in this list is which of these tasks cannot be done by anyone else. Right. Which of these are not, you know, no one else can possibly do them. They're not negotiables. The lead pastor must do it. I'm not talking about your job description. Throw your job description out the window for now because it's probably a bad job description. Right. And, and I want to be explicit here. When we're talking about lead pastor, if you're a solo pastor, that includes you. Yes, absolutely. That is you. Right. right. So we tend to think, well, when you're a lead no, pastor, But I have so much more staff. I have to do. Yeah. No, that's I'm not true. I'm a solo pastor. Well, you know what? If you're a solo pastor, you've got even less extraneous. Uh, tasks to be that you can that, that you, you can afford to, to be doing. doing. Yeah. That's right. Right. So you go down that list. What am I? These are the only tasks that I should do. And typically, if you look at the five essential um, download, which I make available on Facebook on a regular basis, there's only five things on that list that are absolutely critical that the pastor must do and nobody else really can do. And I'm not going to go through that list yeah, now because we're going to be running episode. out of time. Yeah, yeah. But here's here's the deal: is go through and those things that are the things only things. There are things that only you can do, like preaching the vision and keeping the, the church on mission tasks. Those are things that you can't let go of. That's your responsibility. So, you know, those, those four, five, six things that only you can do, that's number one. Right. Then you need to make another list, or you can use the same list, but you're using different use highlights. Use highlighters. Yeah, I mean, use, I right. was just thinking about that. Use highlighters. All right. So the next question is, all right, of all the tasks that are left, which ones are not mission critical? Which ones are not going to grow the church? Which ones are not going to make bring people in to get them baptized? Which are not going, you know, so just what are the tasks there that if they didn't get done, it might hurt some feelings, but it doesn't hurt the, the mission of the church. The church is going to keep on trucking um, and continue to do the ministry and the mission that is called to. Okay, and so then the third is which ones, which of those tasks belong to membership and 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 then and yeah I'll just say it that way so which ones belong to membership and then you've got to designate to whom and delegate that I, I like to say if not you then who that's right right exactly. you have to have a who to hand off right and, you, and if you don't again this goes back to that thinking about food pantries if you don't have somebody to hand it off to then it doesn't get done right it's and not that, a ministry that the church owns right exactly that I mean I just 
I, that is so difficult for people and it is so critical. It's just this critical, mission critical part of what we do. So which, um, which ones must be done by you? I want to say it that way, yep, right? right? Not should, but one, which ones must belong to you? I like it. I like it. The way I like to put it is which ones can no one else do besides you? Okay. And not are not doing no, or well, anything they, like we're looking at the do. big, right? right. Yeah. Cause you've right. already made this big old list. Right. And then which ones uh, of the remaining are not mission critical. And you either hand those off or you eliminate them. Yeah. And, and you know what else though? I think you need to look at what you, what we go through and we think it's something that I have to do. Right. Because we do a lot of things that we think, oh, I have to do that. But not all of those are mission critical and they need to come off that. Right. Even the personal list. Right. Forget the rest of the list. Well, that too. But it's got to come off our personal list. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Okay. All right. Hopefully it makes sense to y'all out there. And then you're going to look at specifically which ones belong to people in your congregation and then designate and delegate that, make sure they have the training and what they need to be successful in it. And here, here's the deal. That last part takes time. Yes. You are not putting this all together in two weeks and then walking away and having hours and hours. And when we yeah. work with small churches, we tell pastors that fully 50% of your time should be outside the church, outside of church members, yeah. outside of visitation, but meeting with unchurched people in your community. A minimum of 50%, and if the church is small and in decline, um, which is a majority church in the United States, we say 80% of your time in church or your paid time should be spent outgrowing the church with unchurched people. And what, I, what we get, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. I, I got all these responsibilities. That's why we started the top. And, you know, which ones belong to you, which ones don't. And then, you know, small churches tend to do too much. I mean, that's just the bottom line. If you have uh, 20 people, there's only so much you can do. You know, I mean, really, the only ministries that a church of 20, 25 needs to be doing is worship and a small group. That's it. There shouldn't be anything else going on as far as church goes. You're busy outgrowing the church. Well, a small group with discipleship. You need right, to yeah, be discipling right. somebody, yeah. raising up, raising people up. But you're absolutely right about having doing uh, small churches have to do minimal yeah. amounts. Right. They, they, they end up doing Sunday school right. and Bible study, and, and they think that those are going to go to the church. They don't. Right. They don't grow the if church. They what did, they do it is, would be. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. If they did, right. it would be growing. Right. You know, what, what, what's going on is, is keeping you and your congregation so busy that you're not doing what you need to do. Worship and a disciple-making small group are the only two things that you need. No food pantries, no big events, etc., until you have people coming in, visiting and staying, and becoming disciples, etc. And, and that you can rely on, right? That you're right. building up. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Right. okay. So how do we get there? You've got to calendar your time. Yeah, let, me, let me just... Uh, let you let me, want to go back for a No, second. I want to build the transition a little better. Oh, okay. Okay, so you got your tasks. You've gone through there, and you begin to create some time space, some margins. You have a few hours a week. You can begin spending time doing the mission critical, getting these plans done that you want to get done that are mission critical, you know, being out and meeting people, um, creating um, events that are um, actually going to help grow the church. So you, you, you now you have some time, but you and I both know that if you don't delegate that time, designate, sorry, designate, designate that yeah, time. Yeah, you can't delegate to, your time yeah, right. like that. Designate that time for these tasks. Right. It'll get filled with 
status quo stuff. So now, okay, so how do you do yeah. that? Now, okay. here we are. So here we are. I love colored pens and I run two calendars. I work with a Google calendar and I also work with a paper calendar. Which is, is not recommended it, by anyone but her. It Well, actually it is, but shh. <laughs> he hates it. He really does. I yeah, keep actually. So do almost keep, every expert right, in time. Shh, quiet. <laughs> the uh, the problem with an electronic calendar only is it's too easy to move things around. Quite honestly, and we're talking about putting things into ink. I use that Google Calendar because one, I can use colors, but also so my husband can read it. I mean, really, and, um, and when I was in position with an assistant, my assistant always saw what I was uh, what I was doing, and so it was not possible. And I always have it with me on the go. But the reason for a paper calendar, one of two things, either get a desk pad, if you have a desk somewhere, uh, have a desk pad because you're going to write in it in ink. You can move it down. You want to make sure that you get um, dates that have lines in them. Even better, though, is to get a small calendar with smaller, uh, with the smaller pieces because you can't get as much in there and block it off. So you're going to block one section, two sections, have a third section, and only one task within each one of those. And you only want to have in there, let's see, of the three, you only want to, if you're in a medium-sized church, about 15. If you're in a smaller church, well, no 15, more than what? 12. Oh, of these sections. In a, in a week. In a week. Right. Oh, yeah, not in a day. Yeah. <laughs> three a day right. and okay. mark out your, your days right. now, now, she shared her method. I'm going to share mine, okay? I, I only use electronic calendar, um, and I have a personal calendar and a professional calendar. And in Google, that means you can show them both at the same time. And yes, it's easy to shift, but it turns out that, that when you use Post-it notes, it's pretty easy to shift too. I don't and, use the Post-it notes okay. anymore. Yeah, anymore. <laughs> anyway, so and that's not what we're recommending. I'm not recommending right. Post-it notes right, right now. Yeah, right. Okay. So, so, so to use your Google Calendar, and, and it doesn't really make it, what, what calendar you use is kind of irrelevant. Here's what's relevant, is you block off that time during the week to get these tasks done. So when I work with my Growing Church Network pastors, I tell them, I want you to spend an hour every Monday morning, unless it's your day off, then you do it Tuesday morning, but an hour on Monday for study time to study how to grow your church. I've got videos that they go through. So an hour on, on Monday. And they just watch the video. On Tuesday, I ask them to set another hour aside so that they can watch the video, take notes, and, um, and do the workbook. Then on Thursday, I ask them to set between three to five hours of time for implementation. They do that. I ask them to do that in the afternoon, um, if, if that's possible. If not, they can do it in the morning. But they actually are implementing. That allows them to, to have between five and seven hours a week dedicated time to do the things that grow the church. And so however you do it and whatever, um, what, by whatever calendar you're doing, the key is to set times into your calendar... Um, that that this, these are times for these mission-critical tasks. And so that's where and how you do it. And as you free up more time, you give yourself more hours. Now, the key is, again, is to put it in ink. And that is to say that when someone calls and says, Oh, Pastor, I, can you come and see me on Thursday afternoon? You look at the calendar, you go, No, I'm no. sorry, I can't because I have an appointment. You don't have to say the appointment is to grow the church or to do the study. I have an appointment. I can't. Truth is, Pastor, you wouldn't cancel Sunday morning worship for that. Why would you can cancel 
the things that will actually grow your church and make disciples, increase your baptism count, because someone wants to see you or whatever. You have an appointment. I mean, those That's are right. two things I want to say is one, one of two things. You have an appointment. You're, and just the same as you wouldn't say, well, I have an appointment with Mr. Jones for counseling. Right. I have an appointment. But here's the other thing. You don't have to give explanations. That's right. And the sooner you learn not to, to give explanations, the better off you're going to be. So, I, no. I'm, I, I'm not able to meet you at that time. Could I meet you and always make an alternative? And, and look, I yeah, you may you have a morning uh, where your mornings. And you know what? It might take right. a week to get in to see you if it's some just, I need to talk to you about whatever, throw you another bone. Then, then that's the, the way that goes, right? But uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not available. That's all you have to, all say. You have to say. And you want to do that over and over again because sometimes you're not going to be available because you're with your, with your, your family or you're not available because you're, you're taking some time out, which needs to be part of what you do. Your prayer time your prayer or time. whatever. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm not available. And then always make sure you know when you are available. Don't shift that time. Don't give it up. There. Yeah, that's right. And that's the, that's, that's the problem with the status quo, the fire department, the shyness girl, and the pastor fetch is we tend to take that time and fill it up with something else. Do not do it. It's why you, your church is not growing um, and hasn't grown because they've kept the pastor so busy on that hamster wheel that you have not had the time to do what needs to get done. So set that time. Make it sacrosanct. It stays in ink. And as she says, don't make appointments, um, or, or don't make it, don't offer excuses or reasons. Or reasons. Right. You just say, I'm not available then, I can see you X, Y, Z time. Three words. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, we are out of time. We've already uh, said to you, you've got to get that planner. The, the, get more time, get planner. More time planner. And the, the other thing is, you've mentioned the effective church uh, network, or that's not right. The I'm sorry, church, growing, the church growing church network. network. So and, tell me what that is it, real quick. Growing church network is a... A coaching group that I work with pastors across the United States and Canada and um, help them to grow their church. And it includes weekly coaching every week. There's encouragement and coaching and training and, and an extensive training um, training system that will train you to do what it takes to grow your church. Here's the deal. You don't know what you don't know. This will help you to know what you need to know so you can grow the church. That's what we do. Um, if you're interested in having a conversation about that, the link to get an appointment is in the description. Love to have a conversation with you and talk about how you can become one of my church growth catalysts. We are out of time. I was just going to say we're out of time. And we'll see Thank you next you. week. Yes, have a great Happy week. Happy New Year. Bye -bye. <laughs> yes, bye. bye.